So you want to be a dungeon master. That's great. We're here to help. I'm Taylor. I'm Justin. And this week, we're going to be talking all about the logistics of running a D&D game. We're talking about battle maps, tokens, scheduling, and so much more. But first. But first. But first. What's your... Uh... I want to I have a little discussion about uh, your favorite digital tabletop because you got a you got a few options here. Um, there's Roll Twenty, which is one that we use most of the time, mm-hmm. um, but then there's also kind of more specialized ones. I would say like uh, Fantasy Grounds or Tailspire, which are kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Let's let's talk about uh, what, what's your favorite. Well. I know what the answer My is, favorite, but. I know it's it's gonna have to be roll twenty. It's, tough. <laughs> it's gonna it's, have it's to roll be 20. roll twenty. It's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to roll twenty. Feel free to reach out to us. So you want to be a DM at gmail.com. Yeah. We're accepting sponsorships. Thank you so much. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That being said, <laughs> I do love this website when it comes to digital tabletop, mm-hmm. and it, it comes down to a couple of things. It's free for the dungeon master the and for the whole party and it is simple i that's yeah. that's what works for me i mean listen i even pay mm-hmm. for an account because i have so many games going on there and i needed the extra space to be able to put the 2000 tokens that i have for different npcs <laughs> you know what i mean like i pay i pay for it yeah. i'm fine with that but it is free and I have access to all the extra tools that that website has access to. And I don't even really dip into it. I got to be honest. I'm, I'm a fan of the simplicity of just blacking mm-hmm. out a square on the map and going, you can't see in there <laughs> as opposed to doing <laughs> right. like yeah, yeah, the yeah. dynamic lighting and like, Oh, when the token moves through the dungeon, you can see the shift in light and like the shadows and everything. That's beautiful. It's amazing. I love it. I can't wait to do it. I'm not doing it yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping it simple because I'm stupid. <laughs> now, all I was going to say is Yeah, I was going to Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have it. Let, 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 let me okay. let me just I was just going <laughs> to Yeah, let me just let me just slide in here real quick and like bring up uh let's talk a little bit about these other at least these other two um so fantasy grounds is a really good tool i think used properly but it's very the learning curve on getting it right is rough yeah like getting a party together and getting everybody like you have to have like a special code to get everybody together like, and that bit is kind of frustrating, but once you get it up and running, um, all the character sheets are stored on there. Mm-hmm. Um, like you get, you have all your tokens and stuff and all the maps, like there's a bunch of handouts and stuff that you can do uh, a lot of fun stuff to do there. Um, for sure. It's just, it's a lot, it's a lot. And you can do all the same stuff pretty much with roll 20 without the extra rigmarole. Yeah. I agree because you're right. I do remember using fantasy grounds. Uh, I think it was curse of Strahd, and there were cool handouts. It was nice having my character sheet all in one place and having everything. I think my biggest issue with it was just that like, for one, 
having everything in one place sounds so good on paper. But I am not so tech savvy where I have multiple screens and monitors. (laughs) My screen would become flooded with like, Mm. oh, hold on, I got to open up the map and then I can't see my character sheet, so so I got to change that. And that threw me off a little bit. I do have two screens and I still couldn't spread stuff out. That drove me absolutely batty because there's no way to get it into a windowed mode. You can't click outside of the 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 bounds of oh, the game. Right. Dude, it's been so long. So you can't yeah, you can't drag any of your handouts off to the side if you want to keep track of some stuff off to the side or like keep notes or something. None of that. Yeah. None of that. Yeah, overall I just like I roll 20 is what I started with because I think I heard like an ad or or I googled just like Excuse me, I binged. <laughs> I binged like just playing D and D online. You know, like I wanted to play D and D. I didn't have anyone to play with. Uh, I knew that getting my close friends to play was going to be more of a hurdle than it would be to find an online group. Roll Twenty had all of that. Being able to find a group, play the game, uh, make your character sheet in the game if you'd like. Although, as we'll talk about later on, I'm more of a paper and pen guy, but it just yeah. had everything I needed, you know? And then when I switched over to DMing, it also had everything I needed to make a game enjoyable, simple, easy for the group to understand. It's easy to explain to a friend, like, how to join. Like, I've done that yeah. with people who have never played D&D in their life. And I was able to be like, don't worry, you don't have to download anything. It's just a website. <laughs> you go to the website. You do have to make an account, but it's free. They're not going to ask for a credit card or anything, you know? So hit us yeah, up that's right it's a real nice tool <laughs> yeah real nice tool right again again roll 20 listen if you're out there hit us up hit we're us we're here up. we're here uh, for you. and we want to do some um, live play and we would love to do it on roll 20 maybe i'd love to do it you know where else i'd love to do it though oh tell me about it yeah yeah i mean it's just it's it's good so roll 20 is a really good like map and everything, but it's all like it's 2D. Mm-hmm. The big thing that Tailspire has going for it is you can create three dimensional maps that you can um, put people wherever you want. Like you can, the big uh, one of the biggest tr- difficulties that we've had recently in our games on Roll Twenty is being able to do height. Yeah, because it's 2D. There's you can't really keep the height. You know, like there's no really, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no way to easily no way to tell visually depict it. Exactly. Right. So the best you can do is put numbers next to characters and say like, you know, that mm-hmm. this person's 30 feet in the air, but then even then, like the way the ruler works when you're trying to decide how far one character is from another, it's only working in two dimensions. So then if you're trying to be a stickler about it, you have to break out Pythagoras and theorem. And then I got bing up and I'm doing so many extra things on, whereas on Tailspire. Got to break out the TI-84, man. Yeah. Now I'm I'm getting (laughs) Texas Instruments involved. It's a whole to do. (laughs) But like, if I can just, if I could just draw a a straight line (laughs) from the flying harpy down to the lowly goblin, I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. I know exactly. I got the hypotenuse already. (laughs) I don't need other numbers and square roots involved. I'm good to go. Um, it's also got a really good uh, initiative tracker in it, built into Tailspire. Nice. Um, uh, Roll Twenty also yeah, has an initiative tracker. I never use it. 
I'm I again paper and oh, pen. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I've never not done paper and pen for initiative. Yeah. I, it's just nice and easy for me. I remember there being a couple mm-hmm. DMs that we've played with who had real trouble with with uh, keeping track of initiative, and I was always like a little surprised. I was like it's not that <laughs> hard. Take the extra five right. minutes in the beginning of combat, and you know what I mean. Like yeah. take the time right, that right it takes. Time. Because it's going to save you time in the future. If you get the initiative down, right. it's nice, it's in order, it's neat, you know where it is, then no problems. I use lined paper and I go up to down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whoever rolls the highest yep. is the top name and then under that, the next person, so on and so forth. So easy. One of, fi- one of my favorite um, little hacks, so to speak, um, for doing initiative is i will roll my initiative if i know i have a big encounter coming up i'll roll all their initiatives beforehand Mm -hmm. and then i will have like i'll write out the list and i'll leave gaps for me to write the players in so that when it comes time to roll i go okay or what time for initiative i'm like all right what are your initiative scores i just fill in where the players are supposed to go and then boom my initiative's ready to go interesting yeah, I have done the pre-roll initiative before. You know, I've even listened to uh, Brian Murphy, one of our favorite DMs over at NADPOD. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, shout out. Feel free to email us. Um, <laughs> yeah, feel free. <laughs> uh, we're, <laughs> Love to do some work with you. Yeah, yeah. We're very busy, but we will take your calls. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> we'll, for you, we'll make time. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he actually even mentioned pre-rolling damage, like hits and damage. I think that's so interesting. I heard that too. That's so interesting to me. Um, I've considered it, but I've always been like, how am I going to keep track of that? Like, it just seems like extra stuff to keep track of as opposed to just rolling in the spot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not bad at math, so it's generally relatively quick for me. Not to be like a, but like, honestly, you're adding D10s together, man, or D12s at most. Like, it's, it's not rocket science. Yeah. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You do do what I do. Add one dice at a time. Like if you roll sixty six, mm. don't look at all six dice at the same time. Like just go one by one. Just five plus three is eight. Eight plus three is eleven. Right. <laughs> eleven plus six yeah. is seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then boom, boom, boom. Once you start trying to like add up multiple dice all at the same time, I think that's where people get tripped mm. up. But anyway, yeah, I would love to use Tailspire. I think it's like on my it's on my hit list i want to try it so bad ever since seeing it on dimension 20 just the beautiful maps that they have the the types of combat that they mm-hmm. were able to engage with um i i want to have that three-dimensional look like the idea that i can yeah. hide a bad guy in a building window fucking lee harvey oswald style mm-hmm. I, I the world is your grassy knoll at that point it's your oyster <laughs> even like oh man <laughs> insensitive <laughs> sorry gang a little bit a little tiny bit sorry gang i mean that's on me <laughs> fresca's gonna drop me now <laughs> yeah dude you you just cost us out. a roll 20 sponsorship man no way dude <laughs> roll 20 <laughs> they're ride or die <laughs> all right fresca fresca's a little uh you know they're all over the place i love them though world's number one grapefruit soda so so let's uh, <laughs> let's get into the meat of the episode here. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's go ahead and 
press forward. I think once we get into the Frasca talk, it's time to get moving. <laughs> I um agree. so yeah, so let's talk about uh putting all the the little pieces together, like the actual nuts and bolts of getting people together and like playing the game. Um yeah. This is mainly going to be for online play. We'll talk a little bit about tabletop play, but setup for that doesn't require a million websites open and like different things going on. It's basically everybody, you know, well, everybody can show up and you have books and stuff like that. It's a little, it's, uh, it's nice, mm-hmm. but the online stuff, um, is really a lot, uh, more convenient sometimes. Yeah. Just for ease of getting everybody together. Um, and you know, you can do crazy things like play with people on both coasts of the freaking country and, yeah, or even overseas can all be together at the same time. Yeah. 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 It's, it's I've, nice. I've played with, uh, um, people from Asia, people from Europe. It's wild. Uh, yeah. time zones suck no matter where you play, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's something you just have to get used to, I suppose. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll talk about scheduling later. Um, but yeah, this is mostly about online play and it's just all the different kind of like technical pieces that help make the game that much more fun. And it helps a lot of people kind of realize D and D in their mind in the sense that like when you, somebody who maybe has never actually played before, maybe they've watched it online. Maybe they've seen critical role Dimension 20, you name it, right? These are the things that you mm. think of that you're going to see. Like, you know what I mean? It's your first D&D game. You expect to maybe see a map, to see tokens, to have there be a little bit of music or this kind of stuff. Obviously, you're going to talk with your friends on some type of microphone or communication system. So mm-hmm. all of these kind of technical aspects of running a D&D game and being a part of a game, that's what we're going to go over kind of piece by piece. And I can't yeah, think so of... let's start with... Uh... Yeah. I was going to say, let's start with character sheets, right? Absolutely. That's the one thing that everybody's going to need. Yeah, it's going to be your most important um, tool. <laughs> so I am a huge fan of D&D Beyond for this. I know, Justin, you have paper character sheets. That is right. For your characters. Um, yep. But I really like D&D Beyond because, again, free. You can just set up an account with them on D&D Beyond from the main page you'll go to the top left where it says collections and then just click my characters and you can make characters. You can make for the free account. You can make up to six characters for free. Um, and what I did while I was still doing the free thing was kind of like, you can store them basically like you can save the character sheets and then just delete the character off of D and D beyond and hang on to it if you want to do that. But um, if you, uh, spend, I think it's two ninety nine a month. I'd say I think it's two ninety nine a month and you can have as many characters as you want. Um, you can share your, uh, whatever books and stuff that you buy on the D and D beyond website. You can share them with, uh, your players. If you decide to set up a campaign or something like that. That's cool. Um, but like the, the free stuff, even just the free characters for the six of them, you have all the uh, players handbook races and classes. So 
and then you can buy the other books like uh like Tasha or whatever like or you can go in and just buy a class like I I do that a lot like I bought Storm Sorcerer just Storm Sorcerer I didn't buy the whole book with it in there I just bought the one class because it automatically integrates like once you buy that content you can then use it in your character sheet and keep every the the, the big thing is it keeps all your stuff together like your character sheet and then it automatically saves and updates and stuff and then you can use your phone and you can have your character sheet on your phone which is cool a lot of good things about dnt beyond um no doubt even as a resource outside of character sheets um mm -hmm. i don't know how much we're gonna get into that kind of stuff uh specifically in this episode like other tools that are online tools that a dungeon master would use during a game like encounter building, yeah. Like I use it all the time for like magic items because the D and D Beyond has a beautiful like filtering system. Mm -hmm. When I'm doing spells, I can look up specifically by school level whether it has concentration. I can look up uh, the different class lists of spells. I could look up monsters based on environment, based on whether it's a mm -hmm. beast or a dragon, um, which book it's from. Like if I want to look up specifically for Mordenkainen's good to go. I can, there's a filter for that. Like it's just nuts. Like the specifics or even like magic items. You can look up by rarity. There's so many beautiful little things in there just that come with the website for free. Obviously like if you click on a thing that's from like <clears throat> the new, like Fizbin's treasury of dragons. Yeah. I don't have the copy of the digital copy of that. So it won't show me anything, but like, whatever <laughs> right you know some things you kind of expect but it is a an incredible resource i almost always have it open during every game as a dungeon master or as a player it's fair even without using it for character sheets personally because like like we yeah, said one I, of my big paper and pen so i just i just have my whole character sheet written out um i usually use like you can i, I don't know if D, D beyond offers this but like you could just bing it just type in D&D 5th edition character sheet and like guaranteed you'll get some kind of PDF that works that's free that you don't have to because sometimes you'll yeah. find ones on like Etsy <laughs> and it's like $3 for this custom <laughs> character and it's a blank character sheet and but like don't get me wrong it looks beautiful but like I'm not doing that <laughs> just getting the free one printing yeah. it out at home and then it's got all the boxes I need just like D, you know Dimension or excuse me D&D Beyond will yeah let me ask you a question about D&D Beyond really quickly about creating a character on there. For sure, for sure. Does it let you add in it lets you add like magic items? Mhm. Mm like if you if your character you, gets there's like a, a special sword. way you've Yeah, so there's a special way that you got to do it. So for one, you can search any of the same magic items um from you know whatever book like if you're yeah, whatever resource of D&D Beyond like they have all of those magic items. Okay. But also, um, you can go into the homebrew section, which is also under collections, and you can um, create your own magic item and then give it to your character. Ah, very cool. Uh, which I've done, like, I've done a couple of times. Um, I have a handful of ones that I've, like, I just made one for that commoner's crown so that I can have it on my character. So it'll automatically bump up my stats the way that it's supposed to do. And then I don't have to keep track of it anymore. Oh, sick. Like, the same with my, my cloak and everything. That's a custom magic item that I've put on that does that. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Cool, so cool. Uh, it's really handy for that type of stuff. Um, also, another really uh, cool thing as a DM for D and D Beyond, I said it, touched it a, a second ago, but under that collections tab, you have so many good tools. Another one is you can create a campaign there, and basically you can invite your friends to this campaign. Um, and if you have a paid account, you can share all of your books that you, all your digital copies of your books, you can share them with your friends so that they can use them on their character sheets. They just have to be in that same campaign together. That's sick. Um, also that character I think doesn't count against their six, um, because it's technically your character at that point. And you, it's all of everybody's character sheets are right there so you can if you have like a oh what is that person's ac you don't have to ask you can just click on there like whenever i'm dming i have every single one of my characters character sheets up on in tabs oh, man. so i can flip through and then because it helps sometimes with the rp thing because i can just visibly visibly see what they're good and bad at yeah as for far sure. as like skill checks and stuff and like yeah passive perceptions and stuff like that Mm-hmm. or even like yeah. yeah giving them like a moment to shine by being like oh this one character is really good at nature i'll give them right. something to nature check <laughs> right exactly or even like knowing their health <laughs> just for the sake of like right well sometimes you gotta you gotta be constantly refreshing the page to keep track of their health true that makes sense because it doesn't save until refresh like the health, the HP doesn't save until refresh. Oh, okay. Or no, it doesn't update until you refresh the page. Like it doesn't stay automatically updated with what your players are doing. Right. Until you reload the page and then you can see. I gotcha. Yeah. I've actually never, uh, I've never done a campaign through D and D beyond, but I've heard good things. Um, I do like the idea of having everyone in one place. And also give your players items. I do like, I've seen recently D&D Beyond's got a lot of things going on in the tank uh, when it comes to doing their own like map system, like their own, uh, not map system, but like game system, like Roll20 mm-hmm. uh, with their own maps and their own VTT and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it looks pretty cool. But Well, speaking about Roll20. Speaking about Roll20. I kind of gushed a little bit at the beginning, but let's <laughs> let's get over the uh, the nitty gritty for Roll20. Let's do it. So, Roll20, it's a website. Roll20, and let, let me be specific, it's Roll20.net. <laughs> that might throw people yeah. off. <laughs> Probably should have mentioned yes. that. But yeah, it's Roll20.net. <laughs> Stay with us. <laughs> Did I lose you? <laughs> um, let's roll back. So it's a free website. You go to it, create an account, give them an email address, confirm that email address, bingo, bango, you're in. You know what I mean? Couldn't be simpler. Mm. From there, it brings you right to like the home screen. There's two gigantic pink buttons towards the top. One says create new game. One says join a game. But there are so many resources on this thing when it comes to uh, finding a community finding a table to play with, or even if you're like a, you want to be the dungeon master and run a game, but you need to find players. It has that opportunity as well. You could even charge to be a DM. I've considered that before. And, uh, yeah, maybe I'll pursue that in the future. (laughs) Just make a little side money, by. I'm already fucking playing three games. I might as well make some money from it. Lord knows I put in the time, (laughs) but 
it's how I found my first games was through mm-hmm. Roll Twenties, little uh, kind of the games tab. Join a game. Once you click on that, it has a million different filters where it'll filter it down. You can specifically look for games that are free to play if you're not willing to pay any money. Specifically look at games that are welcoming new players if you are a new player. And then, depending on the DM, they might do things differently. Um, I know for mine, the first game I joined, I had to like fill out almost like an application. It sounds crazy, but like I almost had to fill out an application. It was just like, hey, this is what I like about D&D. This is my availability. Um, here's the character I'm thinking about playing backstory race class, whatever. Um, here's why I think I'd be a good player. It was literally like <laughs> an application. Jeez. Um, sounds but rough. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. And I was excited to play and I wanted to play with this group because of the story sounded really cool. And the other players who had already been accepted sounded cool. And it was a good game for a little bit. And then the, you know, I had some issues with the DM. But I think I talked mm. about that in an earlier episode. He just like power word killed a, a PC. Like oh, yeah, way yeah, too yeah. early. Yeah, like yeah, none of guy. us had counterspell. Like it was like one of those things where it was like none of us have counterspell. No, no, none of us have revivify. So like, and you know this. So like, you're killing this character outright. And then you get mad that we're not pursuing his backstory. <laughs> I don't give a shit right. about the druid circle. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I got my own shit. I'm in the thieves guild. <laughs> <laughs> give a dead, yeah what do you mean <laughs> and then he got mad anyway <laughs> get lost um but it's great you can find all kinds of things you can find games that are like the established games that exist in wizards of the coast if you want to do curse of Strahd, you've been watching this one live play whatever they have all that crap but then they also you can run i mean i, I have a, obviously only run homebrew games and I've been able to do that mm. all in Roll20. Uh, it's my favorite. I've used it as a player. It's, it's what I recommend one. first to people, not only because it's free, but just because it's like really simple. I think when uh, our mutual friend Nicole was running her first one-shot as a DM and she mm-hmm. wanted to use Roll20, bro, I, I was playing Baldur's Gate while I was explaining to her over Discord how to do the game like i was like yeah you're gonna see something in the right hand corner it looks like this and i just off memory because it's that simple where it's just like very basic of like here's how you add a map here's how you go to the map layer or the token layer uh here's how you add music if you want to add music it's just here's how to make a token and drag the tokens in like all of it is so simple that i didn't even need to look at the screen Mm -hmm. that comes with like multiple years of playing it but Nonetheless, years and years. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could do it for memory, but I definitely can. Once I've got it open, I can, I can do some stuff. Yeah. And like I said, there's, they have a really great dynamic lighting system. So if you're doing, making those maps, um, or you can even purchase like, uh, adventure modules through roll 20. And it will have mm-hmm. all the maps, tokens, handouts, everything that would come with that. And it's all in Roll20 already. I've never yeah. taken the pleasure, but maybe. Might be cool. Maybe. <laughs> Might hey, be cool. Hey, Roll20, Roll20, reach out, man. We'll do one of your set. Roll20. We'll do one of your adventure packs. I've always sure. wanted to do Tomb of Annihilation. Let me run Tomb of Annihilation through Roll20 with 
pre-established maps that have dynamic lighting and all that stuff. Gangbusters. Mm-hmm. I'll do that all day. 24-hour D&D stream. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> um, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I don't think I could do it. I could do it if for... I get to like 18. I get to like 18 hours and then I'd be like, you know what? I, you know I, what? <laughs> yeah. My my uh, definitely going in. I'm gonna be super hype about it. Oh, but yeah. then, uh, like I said, around now we're 18. I'm be like, you know, I've had enough. I've had, I've had enough of being awake. <laughs> um, but anyway, so getting back to roll twenty. Um, once you are in and everything. Um, presuming you want to do like a homebrew game like that. Um, you'll just click the create game up at the top. It'll ask you to name it. Do it. You can add a campaign there. You can also uh, add a campaign, like a, a picture, banner, stuff like that. Um, you can also put in like the schedule of like when you guys are going to be playing next so that anybody who mm-hmm. goes to the page can see it. Um, and then when it comes to like actually manipulating everything, you just hit launch game. It's another... Th- they're really good about making these buttons real visible. It's another <laughs> real bright pink button underneath of it. It says launch game. Um, and then that'll take you into just a, a blank map and you can go from there. Yeah. Nice and easy. Uh, it has pretty much everything you need to make simple maps. Maybe like if you are going the free route and you're not using any of their paid things, uh, the premium assets when it comes to like, I don't know spell packs or like different tokens and map making items. Even then I've always mm-hmm. been able to make a map that gets the job done and it feels satisfying because yeah, when you're I'm, up on that, you know, pure white screen of just a blank map, that's just white grids. Not only can you change the size of it, simple little going to the gearbox settings thing under the map, uh, drop down. You can change the size of the map, how many cells it is. And then on the right side of the screen, you're going to have like not only your chat box, but also there's like a million little buttons that you can click to change that right table. Everything from tokens that you're going to import as well as tokens that you can find for free, where you're going to put your character sheets for your friends and uh, for your players. There's you could look up some basic info on D&D and the rules um, because when you create the game, you're going to pick the rule set that your game is going to use. So like if mm-hmm. you're using 5e, then obviously you pick that. But if you're running like vampire masquerade or whatever, then you would pick that. But anyway, vampire. Masquerade. Then you got your jukebox changing your it's one of them. I forget the specific name of it. <laughs> I swear there's a there's a, Is it a whole tabletop. System? Yeah, I think so at least. I'm almost oh, positive. Yeah, I'm almost positive. But anyway, I don't know I don't know anything about it really except that I think you're a vampire. Right. Um <laughs> I watched a couple of clips of Brendan Lee Mulligan playing in it, but he was playing like a uh, uh he was playing a priest and he had like the white collar and everything. It was and he was playing next to Towson Jaffe. It was wild. Anyway. <laughs> then you got music and then this Second to the last tab, I'm going to be honest, I've never touched this. But it's got decks, rollable tables, macros. I'm sure it's got some cool features, but I never use it. And then settings, where you can change <laughs> a bunch of things. 
add in audio or video through Rule 20, whereas our group you normally uses Discord, but you can do it through Rule 20. Text chat options, change the volume, graphics, whatever. But under that second tab that kind of looks like photographs, you can actually search for maps and tiles and different things to create a map. So like, for example, I can just type in wood floor. It'll come up with a bunch of free stuff. I can find like the, I don't know, color wood I'm down for. And then just click and drag <laughs> that onto the, the, <laughs> the grid. And then I might have to copy and paste or change the size and everything. But like, boom, now I have bamboo floors. And then I type in couch and little pictures of couches come up. Like, is everything perfect? No. But it gets the job done. The players can see where the yeah. couch is. I can put in a door. I can, you Invase know. Invase an image. Exactly. Right. And then from there, you also have the option of importing an already made map. And ideally, you know, like, the dimensions of that map. I can't stress how nice that is. Because if you just yeah. import a map that has grids already printed on it, man... I can't tell you how fidgety some of your players will get seeing mm-hmm. two sets of grids that don't perfectly mesh. <laughs> like having them just be ever so askew is infuriating. It drives me batty. Yeah. It drives me absolutely batty. <laughs> um, so if you can so, find your maps without grids, do it. Yeah, that or that's my that's my my favorite thing. That is also my favorite thing because then you get to pick how big the map is and stuff like that. Um, The next Mm -hmm. best thing is finding maps where it'll explicitly say, this is 30 by 40. And then at least you know. And then you just change the size of the the, um, white square on your screen, change it to 30 pixels by 40 pixels, each pixel being five feet. Bingo, bango. Nice and easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And now... I think we talked about this a little bit off mic when it comes to maps, when it comes to tokens, when it comes to like artwork, unless you're creating that yourself, you got to ask yourself, (laughs) am I making money off this game? (laughs) Like if you're planning on like putting this on YouTube and having a Patreon and like making a podcast and doing all this stuff where you're trying to like make money from a live play situation with your D and D game, then you get into some ethical issues if you're just taking people's art from Pinterest and you're not giving them any love. Uh, right. That could be as simple as if you reach out to that artist and they're cool with you just doing a shout out, then, you know, that's fantastic. That's beautiful. You don't have to pay them. But that's, that's because you had a conversation. Most of them want you, to, want, them to pay, want you to pay them. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, 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 no doubt. <laughs> Most of them want you to pay them. For sure. And some of them have very reasonable <laughs> Patreons. You can just pay $2 mm-hmm. a month or something like that and get like a lower tier and you'll have access to all kinds of maps. But if you're just playing for, with friends privately off camera, by all means, right? Like I genuinely don't see the issue. If only your friends are going to see it and no one's making a dime off this, then I don't see the issue yeah. in going on Pinterest, typing in, you know, Dockyard We're gonna get battle canceled. map this RPG is the scene. That's gonna do us in. No way, dude. Fresca's. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> right, they did text me, but I'll hold on. No, no, no. This is really. More this is more. I'll reach out to them later. <laughs> um. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Okay. 
I think if you're playing just by yourself, like when I'm doing maps for my friends and no one's seeing it, like I said, it's one thing to go on Pinterest and be like, let me get a ice forest battle map. Or I type in ice map, icy RPG map, and a million options will come up. And half of them are like a free resource. Like sometimes when people have Patreons, they'll give like one or two things for free to kind of hook you in. So I'll use that Mm -hmm. thing because I can click on it, download the image. I don't have to like do a crazy screenshot where I'm like actually going out of my way to get something. And, um, and then I'll just upload it into roll 20, adjust the size, drag and drop. And there you go. You have a map and it looks beautiful and it gets the job done. And we'll, we'll do a whole episode just on maps because I can think of so many things to talk about when it comes to maps. <laughs> like making sure yeah, that... Yeah, like, there's a lot of... Having a conversation ground with Ground to cover. Oh, very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'll show myself out. It's fine. Yeah, thank you so much. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Fresca's calling. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> let me get out of here. Um, but like, you know, having a conversation with your players and being like, Hey, listen, you're going to see some things in the map. Those things are not there. <laughs> I couldn't find the perfect map. <laughs> just a heads up or being like, Oh, see this map where there's trees falling over. Just pretend that tree's not there. Or I don't know. Like sometimes you got to pay close attention to your maps. Like really take a good look at them. Understand them. Realize how big they are. And stuff like that. Think about mm. what your players are going to do with those maps. Because you don't want to be blindsided by your own map. That's crazy. <laughs> Who does that? I do that. Take particular notes of cliffs. Oh, yeah. Know your players' <laughs> abilities and stuff. Always keep an eye on <laughs> those rascal players who have abilities to push people off cliffs. Because I'll tell Who you what. that? I have no idea. Every rope bridge map is out the window. <laughs> it's done but yeah i mean that's maps i think like if we're playing in person it can be as simple as getting a piece of paper drawing some grids on them um and you don't even really need grids i mean it's one of those things where like like we said er in a way earlier episode like theater of the mind exists right so like Uh you don't need a map to play D &D. I love it and i would feel a little weird without it because i'm so used to it but, like, I'm willing to explore theater of the mind. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say no if Brian Murphy was like, hey, do you want to play D&D? It's theater of the mind. I'd be like, hell yeah, Brian Murphy. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, let's do it. Do <laughs> I'll do want. whatever you want. But, yeah, if you're playing in person, it can be as simple as just piece of paper and, or a dry erase thing like um, I think Taylor has. Uh, you can use mm-hmm. candy as <laughs> as uh, tokens. As tokens. Then you get to man, eat them when you kill that- them. That that's a really good idea. I might do that this year. Yeah, man. I don't know why I've never thought of that. Use Hershey kisses for bad guys, and then oh, you killed him. Yeah, you get a little candy. That's fun. Gummy bears. Gummy bears, because and then you can do the different colors to help yourself with like uh-huh. certain things. Um, but yeah, all different kinds of ideas. You can even use dice. Honestly, if you Freaking have extra dice, genius. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, I think maps are really fun. Because Roll20 has a really beautiful, like, uh, 
ruler tool, which is really nice. And I always click on it. If you're a dungeon master, I could not recommend this enough. When you hover over the ruler tool, which gives you the ability to click on one square and then drag it to another square and it'll say 50 feet. So then you know, like, okay, this spell, I can cast this spell 60 feet. They're within 50 feet. I'm good to go. But I cannot recommend this enough. You got to click the hide from others button. Yeah. That way your players yep. can't see where you're drawing your arrows. Otherwise they get suspicious <laughs> because I see them doing I it mean, all the time. And I'm like, Ooh, fe- like Allie is the best with it. Like, <laughs> I always know where fellas yeah. is going. <laughs> yeah. I do it a lot too. I don't know if I hide mine or not though. Sometimes it really doesn't like, it's not like the biggest of deals. Obviously yeah. I think it's like nice. Like I like doing it because I don't want them to be like, uh, the last thing I need is like a player to be like, Oh no, why are they going after me? And it's like, not even the bad guy's turn. And it's just because I'm drawing an arrow being like, how far are right. they from him? <laughs> how, how far do I have to move to get into range? Yeah. is usually what I, what I'm looking up. Right. Like, oh shit. And s- um, sometimes D and D combat 120 is... feet away. <laughs> sometimes D and D combat is checkers and sometimes it's chess. And you're thinking a few it's moves ahead. Chess. It's always chess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Your guys fight against those snow sharks. That was checkers. <laughs> that was checkers. You're you're right. <laughs> that yeah, was, that they did get kind of bullied. That was checkers. But that that in my defense, that wasn't meant to be like a hardcore, like to the death yeah. kind of fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like I my one of my biggest fears is sharks. What if they're on land? Me too. <laughs> and that's it. So having like, oh, it's, it's snowing. One. It's snowing a ton. There's layers of snow on the ground. And you just see a fin pop out of it and then go back down. Terrifying. <laughs> and you had a good plan. I mean, you just threw an item. I was like, how is that shark not going to go for that item? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like I could have been a dick. I, mean, I could have been a really dick. bright lit up <laughs> thing. Yeah. We're, it, like it was made literally sense. a light. It made sense that he would go for it. Um, and then from there, I got to be a little bit of a dick by just having two more pop out <laughs> because why not? Because one was way too not? easy yeah. and it was just like, all right, we'll have some fun with it at least. Um, but yeah, that was just a fun little, it was also a way for me to have a combat that like wasn't that intense. Like yeah. it wasn't going to take like half the session, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it was not a huge resource drain, but it was a resource drain. Yeah. They, oh, it was a, it was a like a late night camping thing. So like yeah. we were just like a, a watch went bad or something. That's or no, exactly. actually, it just happened because I. It was a watch went well good. Watch went good because you right because otherwise it. the sharks would have snuck up on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like Loki, the person who took the first watch, uh, I I don't think she rolled that great. I think she got like a thirteen or something on her perception. And like at that time, I think I'm like, I wasn't a hundred percent that I was going to run that combat that night. <laughs> so I was kind of like, yeah, nothing happens. And then somebody else took a watch. And then I was like, you know what? I am going to run the combat. <laughs> so then you rolled and it was like, if you roll really good, you see it. If you don't, it sees you like whatever. Right. Uh, but it worked out, you know, that's D and D sometimes it's on, you're on your toes. Yeah. 
And with the lovely power of Roll20, I was able to um, add that map in, add a token in, get everybody uploaded. It has a nice little feature there. Like I said, it does have, like, I pay for it. And one of the main reasons I do is just because you don't have, like, unlimited space. Like, just like D&D Beyond, right. you can only make this many characters without there being some stipulations. Like, mm-hmm. Roll20 only has so much storage space for you to have those like uploaded images of maps or tokens or something or handouts or whatever. So like, yeah, there is some finite, um, capabilities there. However, you could always delete old ones. Like if you're not using this map ever again, or like what, you know, just delete it. Or like if there, these, um, NPC tokens are like specific characters that you really can't reuse, then get rid of them. And then you make space for new things. My thing is like, I can almost use so many of my tokens over and over and over again. Yeah. I've used them as NPCs at like anytime I do like a party where there's like, I want there to be a bunch Mm -hmm. of commoners and just like innocent bystanders to, uh, you know, get wrapped up in the combat. I have that already down. I don't have to like come up with a bunch of commoners and stuff. But if you did have to come up with a token, Mm. what would you use? I would use our friends over at Token Tool. Token Tool, yeah. Not yet a sponsor. Let me be legally clear. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet, but Token Tool is definitely. They're my friends. I consider them a friend. I just don't know if it's mutual. 100%. (laughs) Right. Not yet. Like Tom. Yes, it's exactly like Tom. (laughs) Good old MySpace Tom. Um, So, yeah, Token Tool is another free... Uh, software you can just download it i mean just go to bing type in token tool uh i don't know <laughs> dnd tokens or something like that it'll come up the icon is like a gear like a circle gear with a what is that a horse or a dragon <laughs> i'm looking at the token uh, on my desktop and i can't really tell if it's a horse or a dragon token tool reach out to us let's talk <laughs> token tool yeah we need to uh, it's probably a dragon the, because that makes more sense. Branding. It's probably a dragon. <laughs> right? Yeah. That makes way more sense. But it kind of looks like a I horse. I think it's a dragon. <laughs> uh, it could be a ch- yeah. chess piece. Like a knight. It, I don't know. It anyway. could be that too for sure. Anyway, this is what I use. I think that is the best. It, like I said, it is a little thi- like a thing you have to download. Uh, an, an app on your computer or whatever. But it's so easy. It's- tiny yeah it's like four megabytes it's nothing exactly it takes up no space and then like for me i use a macbook that's just what i have right now so like i can have like one window has token tool up the next window i have i have bing up i'm going to pinterest i'm going to bing i'm (laughs) typing in whatever kind of monster or character i'm trying to look for oh i want to find a dwarf barbarian i just type in dwarf barbarian artwork bing something comes up I take a screenshot of that. I do command shift four and that's how you take a little drag and drop screenshot. Once that picture comes up, I go back over to token tool. I drag it into token tool. I pick which kind of border the token has. So like I can pick a green one, a red one, a blue one, a gold one, a white one that has black cracks through it, a army colored one. Like it, there's so many options. And sometimes you can I can do different shapes. You can do different mm-hmm. designs and stuff. It's there's a lot of really cool borders that you can put on there. Like that's one of my favorite aspects of it. It's like, cause you can really 
Like you can do like a theme for like your players or your enemies and yeah. it's it's so easy. It's so easy. And then once you're done, you just export it as a JPEG and drag it into uh, Roll20. Exactly. It's so easy. So, so, so nice. It makes them all the same size, which is really nice. And then mm-hmm. when it's in Roll20, let's say you make a token for a dragon, you roll it in, you, you know, drag it in. I know that there's a way to change the default size, but even if you're just not getting that technical with it, you drag and drop it onto the map and then you can just click the little corner of it and make it into the size that it's supposed to be. No problem. Mm-hmm. And then roll 20 has incredible tools to be able to give your players permissions to move different tokens. For example, like I could do a little bit of extra work and I can make, you know, uh, Taylor's character, Cal, I could make his spiritual weapon into a token that he'll always be able to touch, but I can also just like each time he casts it, I can click a couple buttons and give him control of it. That way he can move the token around the map. And same thing with like mounts or animals or familiars or whatever, or or, uh, things that are summoned like constructs and elementals and stuff like that. And then you can even on roll 20 in regards to tokens, you can create auras. So every time Cal casts spiritual guardians, I got to see that freaking 15 foot radius of death. (laughs) Is it 15 or is it 10? I always forget. Uh, I want to say it's 10. I'm going to check right now. I'm also checking 15 feet. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that it's smells it's wild. it's big. It, it's such a big, it's spell. a big one. It's and so then you good. and then you upcast the you upcast the hell out of it, and yeah. boy howdy, it is a it's so force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Also, I do need to issue a very tiny correct correction. I've been editing episodes. Um, mm-hmm. in a previous episode on spellcasting, we said <laughs> we didn't do the due diligence and look it up. We said that. Guiding Bolt did 2d8. It does 4d6. I just want to put that out there. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, it's not a big deal. I just wanted to put the correction out there. <laughs> cool. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, so tokens, nice and easy to make. I can't find another reason not to use token tool. It's free. It's fast. It's not a huge file like Taylor was saying. It's so user friendly. I've explained how other friends and people like how to use it. Just drag and drop. One big the thing you want. I don't know. One big thing for token tool though, whatever um, picture you're trying to use as like the the picture of the token has to be saved as a PNG. If you're getting in there and you're trying to figure out, oh my gosh, why can't I see the file that I just downloaded for this uh, character? And you can't find it anywhere. It's because it's saved as a JP, J, uh, JPEG and it's not saved as a PNG. It will only read PNGs for some reason. Interesting. Yeah, see, I didn't know mm-hmm. that because on my MacBook, I'm just taking screenshots the majority of the yeah. time. It, but that's good to know. But like, I'll, yeah, because it happens to me all the time. I have like three and four cop, not three and four, but like there are many uh, pictures in my. D and D pictures folder on my computer that are duplicates because I had to re-download it as a PNG instead of a JPEG. Uh, very interesting. 
I've had to do similar stuff with other things. Like that can happen sometimes with maps. If like you download a map and you're trying to upload it into Roll Twenty, like every once in a while you'll mm-hmm. find like a file type that doesn't work, or like you accidentally downloaded yeah. it as like a dot webp or something, and you're like, yeah, damn it, that, that's not what I wanted. Right. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Just guess and check. You know, you just delete it and try yeah. again. No big deal. Um, oh god, Fresca's calling it. I keep ignoring it, but okay. Um, moving on. Next, we have handouts. <laughs> oh yeah. man, jeez. Welfare. Uh, what else is there? Food stamps. Um, now nah, I'm just kidding. Oh gosh, just kidding. <laughs> jeez. Yeah, this is the one, man. This is the one. Socialism. We're gonna, we're, everybody's gonna get. Where everybody's gonna get to episode eight. And Listen here, stops. comrades. <laughs> They're not. They shouldn't be called handouts if people deserve them. <laughs> but in yeah. Rule Twenty, handouts yeah. are something completely different. They're a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um. Everyone gets it's like them. maps and notes and stuff. Yeah. It's just like like it in the most literal sense. Something that you're handing out to your players. Um. Mm-hmm. And you can on Rule Twenty, you can get really specific with it, and you can decide who sees it. So like, if for some reason you're handing something out only to one or two players, you can dictate that on the site. Right. Um, but I've used it for all kinds of things. Something as simple as like a map, but I've also used it for like really intense clues. Sometimes I'll introduce like a newspaper or like a job posting. I know Taylor's a big fan of job mm-hmm. boards. I love job boards, man. <laughs> uh, you can, if you were so inclined, you could create a handout of what that job board, mm-hmm. all the different little jobs on there. And you could share that in the handouts. hundred percent. That way it's all in one place. Obviously, you can send it to your players other ways, but that's a nice little way to have everything in one place. I've done that. Uh, newspapers. I've even in my more modern games, I've done like pictures of cell phones and like all the attachments on a cell phone or like text exchange between two NPCs. Um, I've done like the contents of someone's wallet. You know, that way it's like yeah. they get to physically see like this person has a gym membership. Here's the card, uh, or Maybe there's a little bit of information he on it. Some... The fitness. <gasps> yeah, man. <laughs> or like, and he's got like Case a closed. one week. He's got a one week uh, guest pass that you can use or something. I, you know. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's just a lifestyle, the, man. The possibilities. The possibilities are <laughs> endless. <laughs> Pain is just rage leaving the body. <laughs> Barbarians. Oh my gosh. Um, so, <laughs> so that's handouts. I mean, it's, it's similar to everything else. Yeah. You're just going to upload it on that tab. And like, yep. uh, for example, everything, when you're uploading maps, uh, to use on roll 20, when you're uploading tokens for NPCs and all that kind of stuff, or even like searching for map building things, uh, artwork and stuff on roll 20, that's going to be the mm-hmm. little tiny icon on the right. That looks like photos. The one that looks like newspaper right next to that, that's your handouts. So that's where you're going to add character sheets for your players or for yourself, I suppose, um, as well as handouts. And that's where I put, I'll do like, um, maps is probably the most prevalent one, but I've done all kinds of stuff. If I wanted to do like a photograph of like a handwritten note, like an, I actually write the note, I'll throw it under handouts, Mm -hmm. you know, like things like that. I actually, in a recent D and D game, um, have you ever seen those like uh murder mystery like boxes 
Like it's almost like a board game. Yeah. But it's not it's like kind of one and done. Like yeah, once yeah. you do it, you're done with it. I've um I've jacked some clues from those and used in D D games. And just reworked nice. a couple things. <laughs> it's dope. It was so much fun to have the players like have legit clues that unlock things in real life and then it gave them a phone number and they were like, Cool, we call the number and I'm like, No, no, no. You the person call the number. Pull your phone out, call the number, and put on speakerphone. And I, it was so cool. So that's a fun tip. <laughs> Tips and tricks. That's mm. what we're here for, baby. But yeah, that's pretty much handouts. Um, yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of other things that uh, Roll20 does um, to basically streamline the whole process of running a game, um, such as like um, you can do your voice chat through roll 20 and also you can do like uh turn on your cameras everybody can see everybody's pretty faces yep I don't, some people like to do that some people like to actually see each other other people don't really like to have cameras on them all the time or whatever it, uh, whatever flips your back but you can do voice and video through roll 20 itself um if you don't want to under the settings tab uh you'll have to scroll down a little bit but you can turn uh audio and visual off if you want to just turn it off completely. Um, I know I sometimes have performance issues with roll 20 on my computer. Um, so I'll generally turn all of that off. So there's none, no extra BS trying to happen on the browser when it's already struggle bussing. Yeah. I've used the video and voice feature once or twice. Like I was playing with a mm -hmm. group who's never played D and D before. It was their very first time playing D and D. We all lived in different States, mm -hmm. so we had to play virtually. And I tried the normal thing that we normally do, right? Where it was like Discord and Roll20. And for some reason, it was just yeah. like, I was just having issues with Roll20 that night. Or excuse me, not Roll20. Uh, I was having issues with Discord that night and having the two different programs and having to explain to these people how to make accounts for both of them as opposed to just one. Right. Like it just got easier to just streamline it and just let's go all in on Roll20. And, um, these were like old friends from college. So we wanted to see each other's faces. So we did do the video mm -hmm. and it worked out great in that particular session. I can't, yeah. you know, I haven't done it a ton, so I, I don't have like a, a mean median and mode kind of to look at, but like that one time right. was a uh, good. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done it. I've done it a few times. Uh, it's generally okay. Sometimes the video, like I said, it causes some kind of some performance issues sometimes, but for the most part, it's pretty good. Yeah. The other big thing that you can do with uh, Roll20 is uh, you can put music and stuff. Like, you can put in, like, battle music. I know I, my, me and my friends are big Final Fantasy nerds, so mm -hmm. a lot of times we'll be uh, Final Fantasy battle music on a loop or some kind of overworld theme or what have you. But it's, I mean, it's, it's good to, free, uh, to fill in the dead air, you know, and it's yeah. pretty easy. It is pretty easy. I mean, like, it's another one of those things where um, I'll just mention super quickly. Like, obviously, if you're making money off of this, then be really conscious of how you're sourcing your music mm -hmm. and what, like, uh, what, like, DMC copyright rules are. Real. Yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. Just be really conscious of that um, as somebody who's worked in marketing and social media management and, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, you just have to be really conscious on that kind of stuff. But that mm -hmm. aside... Cause that's boring. <laughs> I love putting music in my games. I, it's like one of those things 100%. where 
I love for the music to be really cinematic and kind of make sense with what's happening currently. But like, it can be hard because it's just like another thing that as a DM, you have to pay attention to and you have to often change Mm -hmm. the music to fit the new setting. And that requires a certain amount of prep as well as like organization because on rule 20, you're going to have the ability to manage audio. It's under the, obviously it has a little, um, like an eighth note, (laughs) little, the most stereotypical Mm -hmm. music signed symbol. (laughs) Um, and then you're going to be able to, add a lot of music from roll 20 for free. They have a lot of stuff on there. There's like three specific, I I don't know if they're artists or like, uh, just compilations of different songs and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. on mine, it it falls under tabletop audio, battle bards and income tech income. No idea. And (laughs) pretty much, I can type in a million different things to kind of like narrow it down, but I can also just search on the whole list and just play different things. So like, here's one that's called Alchemist's Lab. I mean, that's just speaks for itself. Here's one that's called right. Adventure Supply or Ancient Artifact, Castle Jail. I can go on and on. Docks District. Like, mm-hmm. it works out perfectly in so many different ways to find that ambient um, soundtrack that you're looking for. And then you can also add music to that if the track doesn't have its own music. And then you can find more like, like less like background music and more like intense theatrical soundtrack style music that's playing and kind of evoking emotion for certain scenes, whether it's you're trying to give that suspenseful feel, maybe there's tension building, maybe there's short, like foreshadowing for um, spooky stuff or Maybe it's battle music, just straight up battle music. Um, mm-hmm. In a perfect world, I would love to have a catered t- like playlist for every single game. But as we know, D&D doesn't always work on the rails 100% like you thought. So it's important yeah. to have that wiggle room. And uh, I, think they, yeah, I think they have a pretty good system for free music. That, it makes it pretty simple for me. I can add playlists. I can rename like the playlists and have really specific things. So like right now, just to give you a a peek behind the DM screen, some of my playlists are like one is just titled intense. And the next one is titled happy. (laughs) And then I have combat. I have a one that's just called RP music. And this is the one that I put all of the, like the ones that I can tell exactly what it is just by the title. So like there's a song called nightmare. I mean, fuck you. Guess what that one sounds like? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Medieval town or forest day, forest night. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but then right. I have other playlists of like, I have one called pandemonium. And that one was specifically when my players were in the plane of pandemonium in the, uh, like abyss area. I have all, you know what I mean? So I have playlists for yeah. all different kinds of things, make it a little more specific. Luckily, a lot of the song titles help. It's really easy. And then you can change like the volume and stuff like that. You can put it on a loop. You can put the playlist on a loop. You can change. Um, you always let your players know that they can change their own master volume as well. So like if one player mm-hmm. is like, I'm all about the music, they can turn it up on their end. And then the player who's like, I have a headache tonight. I really can't be doing the music. They can turn the music down. And that's really nice. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's... Still just the broad strokes of roll 20. I mean, we really haven't gotten too, too in depth, but at least that's, 
should be everything you need to get a game going on Roll20. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, there, you can definitely go way more in depth. Roll20, I'll say this, and then we're, we're done with Roll20. Um, they do have, like, training courses on there. Like True. they're not by like you don't have to like set up a meeting with a real person like it's like little uh, demo services to be able to sh- kind of show you all the different tools. Um, I remember I did that yeah. I did that when I first downloaded it and that was years ago. So I imagine it's only more sophisticated and user friendly now. Yeah, that's a that's a huge resource. Yeah, and I so for our group, I know that we use Discord like mainly as our tool for communication mm-hmm. is discord. I, so I know like, yeah, it's that works for us. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about discord? What is discord? I mean, yeah. So discord is basically, um, you can make your own. It gives you the ability to make your own chat room with your players, um, which is really handy. Um, because even just if you just spin up a server, just a basic server, you're going to have a text channel. You're going to have a voice channel where everybody can log in and go into the voice channel and just sit down and start talking to each other. And then you have a text chat that is constantly there. So, you you know, um, my big problem with roll 20 is like, if you're using roll 20 chat as your main chat, like you have to be on roll 20 to use it. Whereas Discord is very versatile, like you can get it on your phone, you can do it on your computer, you can do an mm-hmm. app, you can do the browser, you have a million different things. And also it's very easy to spin up and see, whereas Roll20 is kind of a bit of a rigmarole to get into that chat. Um, but as far as like getting started with Discord, uh, just make an account. Like I said, you can use the browser or the app and then um, just create a new server and then you're going to right click on one of the generals. It doesn't matter which one. Um, when you right click on that, it will say invite people and it'll give you a link. You take that link, you give it to all your players, everybody joins in. And then that's it. And then everybody can talk and chat. And like the big thing for me is like being able to schedule, get everybody's schedules and stuff together because with Discord, you can have it set up for notifications and stuff so that. It's, I mean, it's chat room. So, you know, everybody can sit and read and, you know, have a discussion about whatever the next session is going to be and not have to do like a text chain or something or anything like that. Like, you don't have to give out your phone number to these people if you don't want Mm -hmm. to. You know, everybody's on Discord. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. In a nutshell, that's why I love Discord. I mean, it's got the capability of being used. I do use it like a group chat sometimes where it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. D day <laughs> or gaming in general. You know what I mean? I use it. I have mm. group chats with all different like groups of people. And then right. I also use it for all of my tabletop gaming. Yeah. It's just 100%. nice and easy. It's easy to have the different groups set up for each type, each game to have different, um, like text channels so that, and this is dude, if you're a DM and you're making a discord, make sure that you have one text channel for all your game stuff. That's important. Then make another text channel for bullshit. 
Yeah, I learned that the hard way. Do you have a bunch of bullshit? They're gonna yep. post memes. They're gonna post jokes. <laughs> you know what all I mean? Hey, baby. It's like all day. Dude. Everybody's a freaking stand-up in uh, Discord. <laughs> every every server I make has a dedicated memes channel. They you have every to every single one of them. You have to. You Otherwise, have to. your stuff's gonna get buried. Speaking of which, <laughs> Discord has a beautiful little feature called pinning it, and I can't recommend that enough. It also yes. has a find feature. So yes. if like you're looking, me and Taylor have been, you know, texting back and forth for two years playing this game and I'm looking for his backstory, I can search the word backstory and then at least it'll narrow it down a little bit. And that's yeah. really nice. Um, you can also make multiple voice channels. Now, when you're playing a D yeah. game, that might not be like uh, your first reaction is like, why would I need multiple voice channels? Right? Like, I would just have the one, one, on one voice channel sidebars, but sidebars. There's something really cool. I mean, like at a man at a home game, boy, would it hit hard though. If you were like, yeah, I need everybody to leave the room except for Taylor. Yeah, that would be so yeah. dope, but <laughs> it is still pretty cool in your online game <laughs> to be like, Hey Taylor, can you join me in the one-on-one -on -one channel? because then when you're over on roll 20 and you're playing the music everyone can hear the music uh, uh, <laughs> no one can hear the conversation that taylor's having with their god uh, <laughs> you know what i mean and that's actually fucking fun be, be quarter pretty chill oh yeah you and quarter pretty chill other conversations that I've had with other MP or other PCs. Oh yeah. Like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely yeah. been there for the, for the, for the, uh, music change. And we're all sitting there like, uh, -oh, what's going <laughs> on in there? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, having the big bat. It, it, it has come up in the game. So that's why I'm saying it. Uh, but man, having the big bad evil guy, uh, have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with Sonny. To try and mm -hmm. recruit her at brunch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's wild. It's so wild. fun. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, all the sub channels and stuff like that. There's just so many different ways to customize things and make things work for you and what your group wants. You know, I'm, I'm a part of a couple that are like the biggest. There's like, you know, 20 different people in the one channel and there's like, 10 text channels, 15 online games, this many voice channels. And those for me personally, a little overwhelming, but yeah, you can always turn off notifications and figure things out to fit your lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You can. Um, so um, one thing that I do sometimes with discord um, when I'm in a Discord in a server related to a game that I'm not currently playing at is you can mute the channel for either a until you decide you want to listen to it again. You want to get notifications from it again, or you can set it to like mute for three hours mm -hmm. or mute for eight hours. And then, you know, that way you're not getting the spam of the table chat going on, but then also, you know, you're not going to miss the, Hey, is everybody free for a game on Saturday? Yeah. Message later on. For sure. You don't have to remember to turn it back on. It'll just do it itself. That is, nice. is a very handy feature. Yeah. I also really like just the ability of when I, when I type at everyone, like the at symbol, uh -huh. everyone that it just kind of gives everyone a quick little ping. 
Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful just to be able to do that and be like, hey, everyone, let's schedule our next game. Speaking yeah. of scheduling, I think really scheduling comes down to something I think that you and your players should talk about. I think you wouldn't even call them your it's players. It's a session yet, zero right? combo. Yeah, this is like a... Yeah, it's a session hey, zero combo. Even before session zero in some cases. Like, it, True. It, like if the DM's the one who's running the game, right? then they're in some ways mm-hmm. dictating part of the schedule. Uh, right. And then from there, it's like, if I'm asking friends like, Hey guys, I'm going to be running this game on the weekends. And somebody's like, Oh, I can never do weekends. Then like, you're not coming to session zero, my friend. I'm so sorry. True. I'll see you next Very game. True. But like, right. Yeah. Session zero is where you're going to nail it down ideally. But even before that, you might be doing a little bit of s- scheduling, trying to figure things out. Like I have one game that's pretty loosey goosey. Um, we don't have a set like Sword Coast Q, the game that I play with you and with our, our close friends. That game is amazing for me because it's every other weekend, always on Sunday, almost always at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it goes from there, right? Nice and easy. Right. I have another game where whenever we play, let's say we played last Saturday, the game ends. Mm-hmm. Either Sunday or Monday, I'll send the group a message and say, all right, guys, when do we want to play again? And then everyone just posts like 15 days in the upcoming two months that they can do. And I just look at all of them and I see which one I can do that's the soonest without, you know, giving Mm -hmm. myself enough prep time, whichever one's the soonest. And we go from there. And that's how it's scheduled. So it's a little haphazard. It is. It can be pretty crazy. But that's why I started that whole third campaign. Because sometimes I don't have enough on my plate. <laughs> I gotta keep myself busy. That's all I have to say about that. That didn't sound robotic or forced <laughs> at all. I kind of felt like Forrest Gump a little bit there. <laughs> that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> and that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresk is calling me again. Alright, well I think that's all we can get into this time. Hello? Uh, you can find us on TikTok yeah. and Instagram at oh, So You Want to Be a DM mm. or ask us a question at So You Want to Be a DM at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, join us next time for more Dungeon Master tips and tricks. Bye. Bye. See you.